Welcome to Good Friends episode 23. Is We're it 23? I never episode. know. Oh my god. You really Nobody likes you when you're 23. Shout out Blink-182. Shout out Blinks. The first shout out of the episode. <laughs> Not the last. <laughs> Not the last one. Ow. Um, I love yo, that song. Welcome. I love Blink-182. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have an opinion on them. I think I like them more than I don't. That's Remember sure. when there was all those number bands? What was that about? Some 41, Blink-182. Wasn't there like something 44? Uh, <laughs> Some 44. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. That's the band that came two times after. Yeah. Three Some, times after Some yeah. 41. <laughs> it, was their thir- it was their third cousins removed. Right. Anyway. We Some 41. Oh, right. my God. I hated Some 41. Not loving the Sum 41 intro, i got to be honest with you. Yeah, not, not the best. What about episode? Simple Plan? They were not a number band, but do you remember them? Uh, very similar, weren't they, to they had a, They had a vibe. They had that song that was like, How could this happen to me? I made a mistake. All those, all those bands with like the, the whiny punk skater stuff. Oh, such a moment. I'm glad that was, that's over. That was such a thing, though. Good Charlotte and Good Charlotte was like the one that maintained its punkiness the most because they were sort of like having fun. Punk is not about being sad; it's about being angry. So sad punk bands, I was like, um. Right. That's when you get into like weird emo punk crossover. That yeah, kind of totally. Doesn't make sense. It makes no, absolutely no sense. Good anyway, Charlotte, this good is times. this is this is such a topic that neither of us know about <laughs> or are interested so, in. Both. <laughs> Don't care. We don't. We weren't involved. What do you mean we weren't involved? Do you not remember my momentarily really famous punk band, post-punk no, band? I really don't. I'm the sorry. Hot Topics. That was your name. The Hot Topics. Where did you shop? Um, <laughs> Charlotte Roos. Weirdly. Yeah. JC Penny. <laughs> JC Penny. And Taylor's Loft. Our demographic was forty-five-year-old divorcees. Uh, Talbots. <laughs> oh my god, Talbots! <laughs> Talbots is so weird. I used to walk by Talbots and always think they sold British chocolate. Something about the aesthetic just did not look like clothing. Talbots does sound like it's chocolate. It does. It's like Talbots. Like, mmm, right. the chocolate with caramel in it or something. Right. Also, the font is papyrus. Need I say more? Mm. Over the line. You've done Over it one too, many, one, too, one too many mistakes. Talbots. <laughs> yeah, honestly, sorry, Talbots. Devil Tongue of the Week. Devil Tongue of the Week goes to Talbots. But this is a good time for us to announce that our first sponsor for the podcast is Talbots. Um, the, <laughs> the Chocolate Female Clothing Emporium. As, long as, as long as it's not the weird VR twerk machine, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm, yeah. I want it. I know. I am so for VR twerk. But the only thing is, like, I don't think that Pornhub feels the need to sponsor our podcast. Wait, is Pornhub the one creating the machine? Yeah, I think Pornhub is the thing behind the... If I read that stupid Facebook post correctly... (laughs) Which, honestly, I'm not sure either of us did. Yeah, if I read the headline correctly... That is so... pretty sure it's Pornhub. That is so much. Is Pornhub, like, the best porn site on the internet? Like, the most famous, at least? uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't either. What is their um, traffic? I don't know how they make money because it's all free. So I don't know what the deal is, and I don't know. I know. I don't get it either. So hmm. many questions. So many the, questions. Honestly, so little industry. time. Right. We've got too much to get through. We've got too much to get into. But speaking we, of things that have to do with really weird dark sex, what's our first topic? 
Well, I'm still waiting on the orgy scene, but the first topic is uh, True Detective. Oh my god, I am, it's literally just Orgy Watch 2015. Every episode when it shows a car driving, I'm like, I swear to god, if they don't park in front of a mansion and walk into an orgy. And right. I've just been waiting and waiting. I think next week is the orgy. I think so. I think next I think, week's the hot-ass orgy. I think, uh, so we're, we're officially over the halfway point of True D, season T. Episode, um, I think, six at this point? Co- yeah, coming up on episode six. Yeah, so like, as listeners six. know, we talked about <laughs> we talked about the first episode. We'll talk about the finale, but we wanted to do a kind of mid-season discussion of yep. what I like to call um, the lead-up to orgy. That is all this season is to me. It's just a lead-up to an orgy scene. Lead-up to orgy. Orgy. Um, so, yes, what do, you, what, do you, what do you think of the... How, how is this season... Um, of true D. Season how's D. It, how, how's it held up? What do you think? Is it is it crazy? A lot of people are saying it's it's definitely garbage. not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say if anything, there's a distinct lack of crazy. <laughs> a lot of people are saying it's complete garbage. Yeah, you know, a lot of people are not loving it. Um, that is sort of par for the course. I think I'm not totally surprised right. um, that not everyone's loving it. I think we even predicted that I when think we, we did. in one of like the first episodes when we were just discussing um, Twin Peaks and we were discussing Tree D. Like, so I'm not totally surprised. I think people are being very harsh, but I think people are sort of ready to be harsh. Right. Um, I don't necessarily think all of the criticisms are unfounded, though. This season is definitely really weird, and I really don't understand a lot of the choices being made. Yes. It's definitely veering in a lot of different directions. Obviously, spoilers, because to anybody who is six episodes behind, like, let me live. I couldn't care less if I spoil this for you. <laughs> um, so, what do you... Okay, the most... Okay, so what is, like, the biggest things of the season? One is that problems. Like, one is that the plot is sort of incomprehensible at times. A lot of people, a lot of people have problems go- uh, with how the story is going from from you know how, how it's developing how how the characters are like getting their clues and how they're kind of taking direction and where they're going and that's kind of been muddled and not very well explained or they kind of just the characters will mention offhand that they you know stumbled upon some i think in the last episode like they just get mailed a ticket to an orgy like what how does that you, just you found know that i was screaming when they <laughs> yeah, opened right. it and it was like admit one to orgy i was just like <laughs> Like, fangirling out, like, at a One Direction concert. That is how ready I am for anything having to do with this infamous orgy scene. Um, So it is kind of frustrating, especially when last... The, the you know the 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 season before with McConaughey and Woody Harrelson was so it, you kind of, people got kind of wrapped up in following along and trying to trying to play detective themselves. This one kind of feels like it's you just got to let go. This one, right. like I said, w- after we talked about the first episode, it kind of feels like the mystery here is the characters and not so much um, the mystery itself. The mystery itself. Yeah, right. It's true. Can't, the crime kinda, feels secondary. Can't you kind of figure it out? I mean, isn't it kind of like we we when we first were introduced to the the orgy organizer, like the son of the mayor? Yeah, it was pretty much like, oh, this guy puts on the orgy that they're gonna have, and the dude who gets murdered was hanging out with this guy. So I mean, I don't know. Right. So it's it, not. It's yeah. No, totally. You know that when he was like, I throw special parties. I was right. like, ah! yeah, right. Orgy! <laughs> like literally, I cannot yeah. <laughs> express you. How ready right. I've been for um, the orgy. It should have been the first scene of the season. It should have um, been. 
You're yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. I don't think the plot is de- is necessarily very um, clearly laid out. I also don't think it's very in- or very complicated either. Like, yeah, you're right. You kind of get how these things match. Like, you don't get where they fit, how they fit. And kind of by the end of season one of True Detective, like, wasn't that also the complaint anyway? Like, you know, people were way more invested in the mystery, but that was almost to their own right. detriment by the end of I it. Know. Because it kind of proved, it's matter. almost like, it, it didn't matter. It's kind of almost right. like, this is happening in reverse. Like, season one was very much about the crime as the central mystery, and then led to something a bit more um, abstract and, like, sort of uh, dis- in, uninterested in right. that. And this season maybe is starting off like that, and might actually lead to some weird type of finality in the finale. I don't mm. know for sure if I think that's going to happen, but... Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like Nick Pizza is, like, not totally... I'm just trying to understand where his head's at. Like, I just don't know if I fully understand why there's such a... I just don't know where his interests are this season. I can't Mm. fully place it. Like, the first season, to me, his interests were definitely the characters, but only in so much as he wanted them to be vessels for his pontificating on evil, on, like... The right. cosmos, like, you know, these were really just, like, the talking heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He Like, he just wanted basically people to talk through. This season, I can tell that the characters are where, like, my central interest is supposed to lie. I just don't know what their what goal they serve. I, I don't know. I can't... T- right. It doesn't seem like he cares that much about any one thing. There's so much going on. There's, like, Colin Farrell as, like, a drunken, like shady cop who's trying to get his son back slash there's also the california patrol officer who's like secretly gay and maybe like did something evil in the middle east for money i guess because he also was like looking for his twenty thousand dollars in this last episode like huh yeah. what did like what's going on he also has like chemical burns and like may have been fucking his mom like i don't i'm unclear Dude, on what is right up. yeah don't, first, is that what you think before i before like the the him being gay thing was like obvious that's what you know that's like a big part of his character i I initially thought there was like a scene where he was kind of staring down at like gay prostitutes yeah or or these male prostitutes and i kind of um assumed it was because his mom like pimped him out uh, (gasps) oh i didn't even i mean okay so i always thought that the mom and him had something weird going on um just from that first episode i thought and also he pops that viagra so i was like okay he also has issues with sex which is the other sort of like subplot of this season like the sort of like violence and confusion that surrounds sex and intimacy like yeah you know it's clear that uh oh my god what is her name annie bezzarides <laughs> the hell are these last is she supposed to be italian i'm not sure anyway Dude, velcoro <laughs> velcoro bezzarides and then what's the officer what's the other guy it's like it's his is like super white. It's like Kana or something. <laughs> it, yeah, it's like. What if it McDonough was like Pretty Boy McGay? It's yeah, just right. something really on the nose. <laughs> but like, she also has a weird thing with sex in that first episode, yeah. and she's also watching porn in another episode. And then there's that whole right. rape subplot with Colin and she, Farrell. And she's got the whole thing with the knives and the yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. With the, <laughs> wait, the scene where she's like in the middle of a shootout and her gun runs out of bullets and she pulls a knife out. I was right. like, "What is your plan, Chica? I don't that's, understand." That's some hardcore foreshadowing, though. You think so? For the, the, the for her like having to knife some guy. You think? Yeah. It's like she's, she's been training all her life. Yeah. For right. Times. Absolutely. And then in one episode, her it. sister is like, "You didn't want anything with mom died." 
except for the knives. I was like, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, the knives, the mystery of the show, because I'm not in. Right. Um, I digress. I actually don't remember what we were talking about. Yeah, here, I don't know. I'm totally down with this season. Here's the thing. I didn't love the first season anyway. I didn't think it was yeah. incredible. I thought it was, like, really overwritten, really bloated. Um, but it had atmosphere for sure. For sure. It had, like, a lot of really great window dressing and a lot of kind of, I don't know, it was just aesthetically, re- you were in it. Like, you were in a world. I'm not feeling that with this season, which sucks, because I think L.A. is, like, a super visually compelling place, even if it doesn't immediately strike one as that i personally think it is but i just don't get a lot of the atmosphere of la in the show this season true except for like the the flyover transition scenes you don't really kind of feel la is like you don't feel and even there you don't feel it like there was something about the first season where even in those scenes there was something about how they were dwarfed by like nature by these swamps by like these overgrown grass it was almost this sort of thing of like I don't know, like nature sort of reclaiming this land or something. They were yes. just like kind of lost in this space and there's no way they could really like to control the chaos or something. I don't really see a lot of symbolic value in like crowded freeways. I think that it's like definitely a really interesting visual if you have something to do with it or say with it. Um, the only thing I kind of parcel from it is that like Vichy, this sort of like fake town that has completely corrupted being built around this like toxic waste spill i don't know it's a it's a town that has like a lot of shit going on it kind of resembles a movie set i don't know if that's supposed to sort of get Mm, at something artificial about los angeles that this is like a puppet city or something i I don't know i just well uh, he's not in it in the same i have i I have some answers oh first of all vinci is actually based off of a real town uh just outside of la called vernon oh um, that has a lot of like very similar things going on and it's like had uh, huge corruption cases go down and it has the same sort of like weird situation where all these companies are getting like huge tax cuts and the city itself only has like 200 residents in it what? yet it employs like so many people um so doing you, like, what look, what is their main economy like what is the I, vibe? I haven't i haven't looked i haven't like read much past uh there was like a new york times article uh, written about it in I want to say 2011. Oh, really? Um, that I read, yeah. Oh, tight. Is that like literally what this is based on? I think so. Yeah, it's pretty pretty similar. And I think uh, who's like the couple, real detective? From a couple, <laughs> well, no, but it's from like a review I read on Grantland or something. Okay. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's part of the that the, the mystery there is like uh, I remember uh, Nick Pizza Juice saying he wanted to do it. Uh, <laughs> A season about the, the weird corruption of California's like transportation. I remember he um, said that too early when the season was announced. Early when it was announced, and he was kind of still writing it. Uh, so I think uh, the weird Vinci stuff um, we can kind of like see as somewhat a realistic portrayal of this town called Vernon, yeah. which is like right outside of LA, and it's its own town, and there's it's like so tiny. Um, I'm so uh, interested. I really want to read that. Right. So go read that. And you're totally right when you talk about the first episode, first season having so much more continuity in terms of, like, the setting and how it feels like you're, you're really, like, it's almost like its own character, kind of like the bayou Definitely. in Louisiana and stuff like that. Yeah. We do have to keep in mind that Carrie uh, Fukunaga did direct all eight episodes. Ugh, and no, so you're, you're so right. That is the ultimate loss of this season. If there's one thing exactly you can really it. point at, it's that. That there's right. not only not not only is he not doing it, because he's such a great visual storyteller, but there's not one person doing all these episodes anyway. 
they're kind of having to shuffle between directors. And it shows. It feels. Right. It totally does. Everyone's like, good. I, it's not like it's badly directed. But they're just, they feel like they're part, individual parts of something. As soon as the third episode came on, like the, the episode that's right after Colin Farrell getting shot with the shotgun. Oh, right. It, 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 the, the switch of, of like the, the, the visual switch went from like trying to emulate it felt like it, it was like went from trying to emulate Carrie Fukunaga and what he did on the first season to just being like, okay, this is a cop show, yeah, We're showing like A to B how these people, um, you know, are going about their daily lives trying to solve this mystery and stuff like that. Yeah, I agree, uh, especially because the first two episodes I think are like, were, they were both directed by Justin Lin, and I don't know if we've had one director stay on for more than one episode since. I do yeah. think it was probably somewhat on purpose to have like a slightly more. Um, Slightly more continuity in what those first couple episodes look like compared to last yes, season. Almost it eases us into something that looks different. Yeah, now it feels sort of like a police procedural. Right. Um, I don't know. I watched the first season all in one go. I'm definitely going to like, I don't, I'm not like jumping, like I'm not jumping the ship on this show only because I was never really like fully on it anyway. I'm like just as much into it as I was before. It's just like a little bit less compelling and I'm a little more confused as to what the goal is. I don't know where right. we're at. But I also don't think it's... I don't think it's the worst. I think Rachel McAdams is awesome. I, like, literally love her. Um, I will watch her audition for The Notebook on YouTube almost every month, (laughs) once, at some point. It's so good. I love Colin Farrell. Um, I want to literally sit on his face and scream, Orja! I love him. Vince Vaughn, I'm not obsessed. Oh, yeah, Vince Vaughn. That's a rough one. Um, Do you like Colin Farrell pre or post uh, mustache? Like, do you like him with the mustache? Without oh my the mustache? god, I was so down with him with the mustache. I kind of yeah. feel like it was a mistake to get rid of the mustache. I think the mustache being gone is like a symbol that he. I mean, it's like such a such an obvious like, uh, kind of like getting beat over the head that he he's like switching right. And yeah, I switching think it's teams. Like, it's like he's he's going from kind of this like troubled fuck up to someone who now, even though he like works for Vince Vaughn, he's still kind of. His, his head and his heart are moving into the right place. Yeah. And it, what's interesting is I think Rachel McAdams is going the opposite direction. Hmm, interesting. She's kind of starts smoking the e-cigarette, and in the last episode she switches to real cigarettes, and I think like... <gasps> I didn't notice the, that. Great yeah. call. Vince Vaughn, or uh, Colin, Colin Farrell's like vices... Colin McFarrell. Like, <laughs> Colin McFarrell's vices are like all those drugs and shit. Yeah. And you can kind of tell that McAdams, her, her, her like drug... Her drug cock, the the drug glove compartment moment is going to be like the orgy. Oh, totally. We're going to like get an insight into her. She's gonna, Maybe she'll she, pull a knife out of her vagina and stab someone there. Yeah, she's going to like walk in trying to arrest someone and then just kind of be like, "Wait a minute, it's an orgy." Yeah, and she's going to have a knife. Like, and she's going to be like, "Tell me what? Wait." Yeah. <laughs> orgy, huh? I'll be yeah. right back. Because you can tell she's yeah. kinkad. Like, she yeah. has, like, a subdued sex side. No, I'm, like, so down with that element, too. I think she's going to go crazy. That's the I most just interesting hope that the part. Show, I agree that's the most interesting part, for sure. Like, I don't know for... I don't think she's, like, a particularly... Um, I don't know. I kind of feel like Nick Pizza Juice, like, pretty much just wrote a dude and made it a woman or something. <laughs> I don't necessarily see a lot of, like, interesting insight into female characters through Rachel McAdams. Like, I don't necessarily think he writes women that well, but she's really great. I don't know. I'm, like, super into her. She's pretty badass. I just really badass. hope the show has something to say about all this, with all this stuff. I really, yeah. I want more with that guy in the crow mask. That's a pretty effective image. Like, where's yeah. the weirdness? I just want more weirdness. 
you know it doesn't feel weird um yeah that's all i want yeah well the the dialogue's been hilarious and i don't know if it's on purpose or if it's just nick pizza juice being uh full of himself but you know it's the the latter (laughs) if there's one thing nick pizza for sure doesn't have it's a sense of humor the, the, the line where Vince Vaughn's talking about how he has blue balls of the heart. Oh, my. I was like, hey, Rachel, can I borrow your knife real quick? Let me slit right. my own throat. So. Blue balls of the heart? Yes. <laughs> Done. It's a little much. It's a that was much. the original title of the song from Titanic. Fun fact. So, so, so weird. So we'll see. It's funny. Vince Vaughn, yeah, I agree with you. He's been kind of rough to watch, but. Not not his not his bag. At least he's trying to do something serious, but he he, he has it doesn't feel right for him. His most interesting is when he's kind of being uh, the swindler kind of um, the swindler like guy who's trying to pull a fast one over on someone. Right, when which is just a, char- which is just him being Vince Vaughn. Right, that is when like his character is doing character. that, it's kind of in his wheelhouse. But the yeah. other stuff where he's kind of like this tortured. A businessman who like had a really rough past that he's he's not really pulling that one off well he's not pulling it off and every yeah. scene is just literally him at somebody's desk being like i need you to pay me two percent of right. what you owe me every scene is a variation of that and i'm like oh wrap it up but we're in it till the end i'm excited to talk about the finale i think yeah, everyone needs to chill i think people just are very critical of second seasons it's just sort of the way it is people i could have told love, you yeah. People just loved the characters in the first season. Yeah, they did, for better or worse. I just, like, don't... I think there's definitely things about the first season that are better, but it just doesn't seem to be the things that people are wanting from the first season. It feels like there's a disconnect there. I just just can see season three somehow being very different somehow and going way back to the first season's vibe. I feel like he's going to internalize a lot of the criticism. It's a guess, but that's what I think. No, I, I agree with you. Um, okay, well, that was True D... Everyone should but catch now up. We're gonna get our detective on, okay? Bow, bow, we're gonna, bow, we're gonna bow, look bow. behind what the hell went down at Gawker Media last week. Oh my god! This week, the fallout happened literally up until a couple days ago. Oh, a couple days ago, huh? That's when the two editors. Okay, so let's give like the full breakdown because my god, I don't know what's going on. I didn't think anything of it at first. I know it was such a regular story. Do you want to give a breakdown? Go. Okay, here's what I remember about it. Because literally, I like just I just haven't really paid attention to it. But at the same time, suddenly I've like had to read a lot about it. So last week, Gawker ran a story. Gawker, which is the infamous tabloid online tabloid of like the New York media, essentially like the creator of the kind of snarky language of the internet, pretty much. Um, they did a post um, on their site last week that basically insinuated that one of the editors at Condé Nast had contacted a gay porn star and offered to pay him for like a one night tryst, basically treating him like an escort. Um, By insinuated, I mean, they literally ran the text message conversation that the escort sent, first of all. So like they were Mm. contacted by this gay escort, a gay porn star guy. Um, It is, I'm unclear on whether they outed the guy or not. I'm thinking, yes. I think that this editor was in the closet. I don't know if, yeah, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. Is he married with kids? I don't know. I like don't care about that detail. Um, The story is hilariously uninteresting, except for the reaction to it, which was like, people were livid, like so angry at Gawker for like posting the story. Um, to the point where this week, as a result of like the really intense like media reaction, Gawker actually pulled the post, which is a like, very rare for Gawker. Like usually, the only 
pull a post and uh, issue a statement if like the facts were wrong. Um, but never just because people are mad. Because people have been mad at Gawker the entire time. That's how they got. That's how they became a media empire. Just by that's getting why they're interesting. Up. That's why they're interesting. That's why the website exists. It's like to get Police people's state. attention. Yeah, honestly. Uh, police state alarm going off again. PC police. That's my impression of Jerry Seinfeld. Um, so the two top editors whose names I forget. Do you know them? Tommy Craggs and Max Reed. Holla. Okay, so they stepped down once the post was pulled because they took it as a sign that Gawker is no longer willing to stand behind its writers and its voice and its ethos and is willing to like basically bend at the will of a very sensitive culture that is going to react to this stuff. So it's created a major shakeup um, in Gawker, like two of the most important, I think two of like the the best editors online, like best web editors um, from this most recent era of internet journalism, have left. Regardless of what you think about Gawker, like they're pretty great editors, so they're gone, and the post is gone. The damage is done. <laughs> um, it's not like the dude's gonna get fired from Condé Nast. Um, also, it's 2015. Like, who cares? Like, I right. didn't care. Like, I, I did not care. Mm-hmm. I, Dude, I scrolled it. right past that story. Right past it. Right past it. I saw it and I was like, hee hee, that's funny. Anyway, where's that right. leaked orgy scene from True Detective? Literally, I was just like, so gone. Um, I don't know. What do you think of this? People are like freaking out. I would that's, hate to be a Gawker right now. It sucks, man. Now I go to Gawker and I'm like not expecting or Gawker and Deadspin because Tommy Craggs um, started as like the editor of Deadspin after AJ Dallario stepped down. Right. And Dallario is kind of like one of the guys. He's great really, too. He ushered in like the whole movement towards like just not giving a shit about what you post. And if it's juicy tabloid stuff, like the more juicy, the better. He was oh, the yeah. one behind, he was the one behind the Brett Favre penis pics. Love that. He, he kind of like spearheaded the Deadspin dong shot. Uh, movement where they kind of just anytime there's an athlete who takes a picture of their dick, H.I. Delaire is like, we needed that up on the website yesterday. I'm so upset. So. He also is the ex-boyfriend of one of my guilty pleasure internet writers, Kat Marnell. Um, oh, yeah. Which I love. Um, uh. Yeah, I mean, okay, so that's a bummer. Here's the thing. Gawker is running stuff that they're getting. These right. picks are coming from the women that have received dick pics from these people the escort situation is particularly heinous i don't know i think that some sometimes i think these sports guys are sending dick pics and it can be aggressive and i think there's something really satisfying about outing them if they're going to be really like really annoying about it like bothering these women i'm sure there's a lot of girls that are like sending pics back and Send asking me for pic. it and, like, yeah yeah i think no, I you're right i'm sure more than not it's dudes being like look at my dick and then the ladies being like no please and then the guys yeah like, totally being like, please don't uh, uh, yeah. uh. it's like vibrating as she types no so that i'm like yeah go for it you shouldn't be harassing people just because you can maintain a little bit of distance and like be a pussy about it whatever yeah. the content ass thing is shitty because i'm like dude you're an escort the whole reason you get paid yeah, is to right. not talk that is what prostitution is about that's why you get paid yeah, totally. Although, also bad on him for going to a gay porn star. This is someone with no inhibitions or fear about being open about his sex life. <laughs> Prostitutes have to be quiet. That's why you pay them. A porn star is not a great escort. He literally puts that shit on the internet. I mean, the down the downside for this porn star now is that no one's gonna, no one of note will pay him for sex. Oh, to- yeah. His his whole He's, secondary hustle's dead. Yeah. In the water. Sorry, sorry, bro, sorry, bro. 
Sorry, bro. It's yeah, it's game over. I don't know. Didn't I'm kind work. of sad. I'm like not somebody who necessarily goes on Gawker a lot. Everyone on Gawker a lot. I've never really appreciated their content. I think a lot of it is sort of like annoying and just like really mean spirited. But at the same time, like I think they're sort of like an important website to maintain. I don't know. I think they're. I think sites like this are important. I don't think they're just as important as like the New York Times. I don't think right. everything exists on one spectrum, especially on the internet. But I think there's like a version of the internet that is far less interesting, and that version probably doesn't have Gawker in it. I don't know. Mm. I just think that this is a shame if we're gonna like create this weird reaction to Gawker now. I'm. I'm. Uh, yeah. Right. It, I'm. I'm gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how it shakes down because I'm a huge. Deadspin fan. I go on Deadspin and Gawker every day. Um, a lot of times, that's how I get my news. Actually, ooh, um, interesting. The news stories—they're better about when it's like straight up news. They're better about not letting their snark get in the way. But when it's yeah. like something stupid and annoying, <clears throat> they'll, they'll like full fire snark cannons like pointed right at the story. Yeah, it's definitely um, sometimes like it does, snark sometimes lasers it does get dead in the way. ahead. Sometimes it does get in the way, and then when they get it wrong, it's like really frustrating and really dumb. Right, um, but. In my opinion, more often than not, especially Deadspin, uh, usually gets it right. Um, yeah, I think yeah, Deadspin it's... has a bit more um, of like a... I think there's like arms are way wider open for Deadspin than they are Gawker, even though they're part yeah. of the same family. You know, like I think Jezebel also is like more beloved than it isn't, even though Jezebel is also a really problematic website. Like, I think yeah. like the sub-sites of Gawker have tended to get a little bit more leeway um, than Gawker, and I right. think that might be just be because Gawker's beat is really specific. It's basically just taking down rich Manhattanites, like rich media elite. It's really yeah. specific, and those people can get mad and start a storm. I don't know. It's weird. But it's also funny because, like, Gawker is, we were talking about this, like, Gawker is, like, to me, the site that defined the tone of the internet at the turn of, like, the millennium, pretty much. Like, prime internet culture is, like, from 2004 to 2011, I think the that is like the best time on the internet. You depending on what your definition of best is. To me, it's mm. like that's when it was like the wild west. That's when shit was like really fun, really interesting, really developing, and there was a specific voice. And it was before uh, corporate so interest right. had like really entered. Yeah, it's like before these corporations knew before, how to use like, the internet. Before like all the old white people knew what was going on. Yeah, totally. It felt like it was very fubu. It was very like forest bias. Like there was right. just a voice. It was like you were talking to people directly, and there was no fear that anybody else was like inhibiting the delivery module for that type of content and gawker's voice that snarky voice was like this was like the voice of the internet like during that like time where like hipsters were a thing like that is what gawker was it was that sort of apathetic like laissez-faire attitude to like ethics and morals and all of this stuff and now the fact that people are like so intensely angry at gawker is a real sign that we've entered this like whole other era which is crazy because it just shows you how fast things are moving in internet culture that like Gawker can seem old now. And and it kind of does like Jerry Seinfeld alert right now. Like right. the 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 amount of PCness that people are so focused on kind of doesn't leave room for stories like this Condé Nast right. one, where it's like people might not really know if like outing someone is okay or not, but just to be safe, they they kind of like jump on it because like just you know just to be. Just to play the safe card, you don't want to be on the wrong side of of someone's liberties or their freedoms to do totally. whatever they want or live their life. No, totally. Want, so. I mean, I'm I I think it's 
reprehensible to forcefully out someone. I just think there's no version of that that's good. But I think that's a conversation that should be had before you post it. Once you posted that post, there's absolutely no reason to take it down. That makes you seem weak. So pulling that post down to me, I understand why the editors left. And like, I am not even, I'm defending Gawker for sure, but I also think they have to sort of like, these reviews should be happening beforehand. I don't know. And once it's up, it's up. And if advertisers leave, that's what you signed up for. Like, you look dumb now. You know, the damage is done and now you just look pathetic. Is this going to, and if Gawker Light is a, very uninteresting site. Oh, it's gonna so be so bad. I so don't care about Gawker. Totally. Light. Give me full snark or yeah. Get, oh, me. Give me snark or give me death. Yeah. No, literally, John Snark. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty sad about it. It's really crazy. I mostly just like mourn early internet anyway. Like I was still pretty young. Mm. Like if I was in my 20s during internet prime, I'd be like devastated right now because it would just be so, I'd be so moony about it. Like, ugh, things were so Mm. good there. Because they were, they were so fun. Everything was so fun. But yeah, Gawker, rest in peace, I guess. R.I.P. Gawker. Yeah, R.I.P. Game over. Game over for them. It's Vish. But it is not the only Um, internet scandal of the week. (coughs) Not by a fucking long shot. Unfortunately, this internet scandal has to be centered around the fucking VMAs. I want to actually kill myself. It's so funny. Yeah. Like, who cares? Like, who cares? I didn't know that people cared they about like, the VMAs. I didn't know that artists cared this much about the fucking They VMAs. really do. It's really weird, but I, I really so. think they do. I guess so. I mean, the VMAs have been a pretty... They've produced, like, a lot of content in the last year. Between, like, Miley yeah. and between... You know, just, just all the stuff, a lot of like the big stuff that's gone viral in the last few years. I think, I think it helps your, your brand to do shit at the VMA Can, somehow. So, so anyway, this Twitter, this internet beef is between Nicki Minaj and, and Taylor right. Swift over the video of the year nominations. AKA the queen and the white devil. Um, and, uh, but uh, first of all, can you name me? the winners of any moon man <laughs> for any category in the past five years i can name only the big one only video of the year which is what okay well who won video it was of the year last Ball. year I... oh okay <laughs> okay i'm surprised yeah. that you knew that, that, you're, that you're recalling this i remember taylor swift winning right one time because kanye stole the right mic from her. right and who was it about it was about That's beyonce which again has factored in this time yes Kind of, yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, just just in that, that she's... Just in that, we know who things are directed at because it's not Beyonce. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. And it's definitely not the the men who were in it because... I didn't watch the Ed Sheeran video, so I don't know. Maybe there's skinny skinny women in that. Real quick, who on earth is Ed Sheeran? That's how you know you're getting older because you don't know who Ed Sheeran is. I know who he is, but I'm like, who are you? That's what that's what happened to me, man. It was December. People were talking about Ed Sheeran. I'm like, Ed Sheeran, what the? Yeah, are you f- kidding? He looks like one of Lisa's church friends. Seriously, is this guy's famous? Shout out, shout out, Lisa's. Yeah, church shout friends. out to Daniel and ugh, I don't even remember their names, but they were redhead and one of them peed in Alex's room freshman year. Mm, I remember that. I was yeah, at that party. everyone was crying because they were so drunk. I was like, why are we crying? Anyway, <laughs> uh. <laughs> talking about beef. Um, yeah. yeah, okay, so can you describe this scandal, which, by the way, I was living for. Living. Right. I momentarily stopped great. screaming Orja just so I could scream at my computers. <laughs> I was so happy. 
Um, basically, the nominees for Video of the Year got announced. Uh, Nicki Minaj uh, was left off, um, and she took to Twitter to show her displeasure to whoever it is who's in charge of rankling the final five um, contestants for the for the the award down. And she kind of was, you know, it wasn't subtweeting, but it was kind of she was taking very obvious shots at the celebration of skinny women. And if you look at the nominees, one is Beyonce, who there's no way she's taking a shot that at Beyonce. Just, yeah, there's absolutely no That's way. Just, yeah. She's not. She's not. Uh, one is Ed Sheeran. Again, we don't know who that <laughs> he is. He could be a skinny could, woman in a red wig. I honestly don't know. Lost, lost Ginger. <laughs> uh, you know, if you find him, please return him to the <laughs> fire department or your local police and station. Put him out first. He's literally flaming. He's so red. Another one, the, the other uh, videos that were nominated were uh, Bruno Mars's, um, or and that, wh- wh- who's that? Mark Ronson? Uptown Funk? Uh, Uptown <coughs> Funk, who, th- there's like there's like one woman okay. in that. Um, then the Kendrick Lamar video that is pretty much, um, it, that has, there's not a single like sexy lady in that video. <laughs> um, and then it's Taylor Swift, right. who who's, that video is filled with like right. models. Six foot tall right. models. Um, so when you're complaining about the skinny women taking your place, it's pretty obvious. You know, A plus B right. equals C. You're talking about Tay Tay Swift. Tay Sway. <clears throat> yeah. Um... So all that shade, she 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 sent out um, a text that read, um, "If you put long, skinny, legged women in your videos, you will make VMA nomination for Video of the Year, or whatever." I think was the text. With the tweet. With a bunch of emojis. Yeah. The, the tweet. And right, then the tweet. Taylor responded. She responded like, what did she say? She said like, hey, like, why are you putting women against women? Um, I love you. Um, okay, hold on. Let me pull it up because as accurate as that was. Yes. So let me just. <laughs> that was no, pretty honestly, much No, honestly, you're right. It. it actually is. So her tweet said, um, hold on to your hats. It said, at Nicki Minaj, I've done nothing but love and support you. It's unlike you to pit women against each other. Maybe one of the men took your slot. Ugh. Ooh. Watch it, bitch. So it sounds like you, you're you uh, you're hating on Taylor Swift right now. So what's, what's, what's the deal? What's going on here? I hate Let me Taylor get it. Swift. I hate her. Right. Hate her. Okay. <laughs> I call her the white devil. I'm, I'm going to need you to explain more. Keep going. I want to hear. I want to hear. I'm not mad. I don't she's... disagree, but I just want to hear no, your No, fair reasoning. enough, because I will say that it is – she's running the trap right now. She is an extremely powerful woman, and it's really irritating. I don't even know where to start. I think she's fake as fuck. I think she <laughs> uses her female friendships as a way to deter – the attention her relationships with men were getting. So I think she's using feminism as a brand. She's using her girl group as a brand. All of her girls are skinny white girls, so her version of feminism is also not intersectional. Though... Isn't Lena Dunham Lena in her Dunham crew? Lena Dunham is in her crew, which is a devastating turn of events, though also a pretty controversial figure to people. Not to me. I really love her. Um, but people... I, I think that there's a ver- there's like a way you could see Lena being part of Taylor's crew is very like, oh, of course she is. I don't know. To me, it's like right. unfortunate, but I can get why it, like, it makes sense to some people. If 
Like Taylor Swift is like sitting there with her PR team, and she's like, "Should we invite Lana just because right. she's bad?" Oh my god! Or because she's like an older statesman of this like new world that she wants to enter, which is one of like female friendships. I don't know. Maybe she's a real feminist. She just doesn't oh, seem yeah. to me. It doesn't seem to be like any of this is anything but branding. I don't think any of her love for other women is mm. anything but branding. She's class president. She looks like a class. She feels like a class president. I'm like, you are not the girl that like. I don't know. I don't even want to. I don't even know how to explain my distaste for her. I like want to watch she, her set herself on fire. <laughs> it feels like she's she's gonna have a, like a huge Tiger Woods moment where like she wakes up at five thirty in, in, in you know in the morning and someone finds like a, a dead corpse under her basement that she's been oh, fucking my. for like three months or something. I would love if she turned you know out to I mean? be a necrophile. That is. She's got some dark thing that she's hiding very yeah. well. But it's all going to come no, to a head. Pro- it's probably whipping the girls from Heim to make her dinner faster. Like, I feel like all of her girlfriends are literally her slaves. I'm so livid. I can't. Also, the song that was nominated, Bad Blood. Who's that about? Oh, yeah, that's true. Katy Perry. Perry. That's not a song about female empowerment or love. So don't. Pitting yeah, it's just literally you bashing another girl, which is fine. But just, like, don't pretend like you all that. She's the white devil. I want to see. I want to see her sit on a shard of glass. You heard it here first. <laughs> while you sit on Colin yeah, Farrell's while I'm face. like, make her sit on the glass. Everyone's like, what are you watching? <laughs> like Nick Pizza, roll film. This is uh, season three. Um, <laughs> season three of True Detective. <laughs> Eight hours of that. I don't know. I hate her, but I also don't think Nicki Minaj is really making a lot of sense to me. Like, I also don't really no. love her tweets. I can't figure it out. Like. I don't get what Nicki Minaj is getting at. I don't actually understand. Um, yeah, I mean, it's t- you can't really call it. I don't know. You can't really. First of all, I don't know who comes up with the nominations. Right. Is it popularity? I don't know. Who, who, I, don't know. I don't know either. I know that it's voted on by people like you and me, but I don't think that, but, that we put yeah. the list together. There's not some There's, committee. Yeah. And so maybe you can say, like, Nicki finds the committee who does this. Um, racist or sexist, or maybe they have a problem with uh, black female sexuality. Yeah. But you can't really necessarily point to racism because the Kendrick video is like crazy in terms of how much racial stuff it co- it like talks about. Right, but that. that's an uh, that's an obligatory um, nomination. Oh, you think so? Yeah, it's I don't true. think you I mean, can get away with not I, giving it to giving it only to mind five mindless videos. There has to be one that acknowledges no, the climate in some way. All right. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, you're right. Um, but you're right. I mean, Anaconda, it's not an interesting it's video. It's not. Both videos I f- suck. I mean, it's better than Taylor's yeah. for sure, but it's not really good. Right. And no one saw the the one with Beyonce because it's on fucking <laughs> Yeah, so still. How, like, how are you going to be complaining about that? You right. Can't even wa- I, can't, I can't even watch it. Yeah, I think that a video that is basically paywalled can not be nominated for a VMA. That is my um, rule. That is so, my personal rule. Yeah. You don't get it both ways. You don't get awards for videos that only people who are paying can see. Absolutely not. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, her, her like, anger about it, I could see it. I mean, it was, like, a huge video. People were, everyone was talking you know, about that. You know, the album artwork was so, huge. The video was only right. kind of huge. I like the fart remix. Right, why isn't that nominated? That's really the video that deserves all the awards. The one with no music and just fart noises. Just the fart noises. So we're we're gonna go ahead and put that one up on on the uh, Good Friends Tumblr. On uh, on the Good Friends Tumblr because that one is a beautiful piece of art. It's a beautiful piece of art. I think that it says a lot about our flatulence and our the way that we deal with um, 
stinky smells. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the video really and, wants to get. At. It's like, what is butts. America like in 2015? It's stinky. It's smelly. You know, like it's farting. It's farty. Really it's gassy. It's really a lot. I don't know. I feel bad much, for Katie. Or not food. for Katie. For Nicki Minaj. I also think that she needs to maybe face the facts that like the Nicki Minaj machine is just not one that is working or it works that well. I don't know. Mm. I just don't think that the Nicki Minaj thing has ever worked. What's the Nicki Minaj I don't Minaj know. Thing? I can't figure it out. I don't know what she wants. I can't figure out what she wants. Like, she just skates so many different genres. I don't know. I just don't. I'm not surprised that she didn't get nominated. I'm not surprised. I think Nicki Minaj has made a series of, she's made a series of choices She's been behind all of those choices, so she's definitely doing her own thing. But I just think they've all come with sacrifices, and one of those sacrifices is that she doesn't win stuff like this because she's not really the face of any one genre. You're kind of... I remember you talking about how you were a little bit upset that she didn't uh, kind of stay away from the easy pop um, stuff that she kind of built up on her first album, like with, like, uh, yeah. whatever, Super Bass, like that song. You kind of wanted her to... to take the reins and be like a legit real hard mc i just think that that would have been the the artistic thing to do the artistic thing to do yeah totally i mean like was she ever going to be crowned the greatest mc of all time rap's still a boys club probably not like it would have been an uphill battle so like if she wants to make her money and like build an empire like getting teen girls white black latino all colors all shapes to love you and buy your stuff Pop is going to be, like, the way to do that. So, like, she made a good business decision, but business decisions don't always make for good art. I don't know. I just think that there's sacrifices with all the choices. And the VMAs, I guess, which really matter to her, is, like, one of the things that is sacrificed. I don't know. Mm. I don't like Anaconda on any level. I don't think it's a good song or a good video. I don't know. I just, I think the harder answer is for Nikki to look at her own brand and her own product and say if it's really worth the Moon Man. I think attacking Taylor, the white devil, is really fun. Maybe not completely accurate. I don't know. It seems questionable. It is fun and it is entertaining. And uh, so we love a good beef. It's basically celebrity deathmatch in real life. We love a good beef. Unfortunately, Taylor did apologize today. Ugh, so. did she? I didn't even read yeah. that. Was she like, I the... love you so much. I've Let me read it. I got it. You. I got it right here. Wait. It says, I thought I was being called out. I missed the point. You were. I, you didn't. I misunderstood, you then didn't. misspoke. You didn't. I'm sorry, Nikki. You're not. I mean, she's literally the white devil. I hate not. her. She's the yep. Kaiser Soze of pop music. She's Kaiser Soze. Wouldn't it be great if, um, like, she she's probably going to perform Bad Blood at the VMAs. Wouldn't it be great if someone threw a Molotov cocktail at her, just thinking out loud? Um. Uh. Yeah. 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 Let's do it. Like maybe we should a- be pretend to work for the VMAs and be like, you know, everyone at the VMAs this year is dousing themselves with gasoline. Taylor, don't ask <laughs> us. It's just what they're doing. So why don't you step over here really quickly and just douse yourself in gasoline? Okay. Yeah. Go on stage. Just do you, and then right then, we do what we got to do. Anyway. If you're a good friends listener and you're going to the VMA awards, think about bringing a bottle of gasoline, a rag, <laughs> and a lighter. Yeah. And I know that, that we said rag, so you might think that you can use Taylor, but she can't be the victim and a rag. So you have right. to get creative. You need other she products. She can't actually be in the Molotov cocktail. She can't you be, gotta, yeah, you can't push her inside. That's not going to work. She, right, not going to work. Anyway, so that's that. I hate End her. End of the beef. End of the beef. I hate her. We hate her. She's annoying. Do you hate her They're too? Both... I mean, yeah, I totally understand what you're talking about with the uh, 
with the 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 kind of squeaky clean PR um, image that yeah. she's crafted for herself. That's annoying. Um, but the music is catchy. I'll, I'll give it that. I guess not, bad I'm blood not gonna, isn't. I'm not going to take it past that, but that's just how it goes. Bad blood is a bad song. That line where she's like, "Take a look what you've done." What is that melody? You know, what I mean, is people that take people to take be? liberties with shit like that all the time. Yeah, they do, but they need to be assassinated one by one. They do. All right, Taylor. Well, we'll see you in hell. We'll see you in hell. We're on to Devil Tongue of the Week. God only knows what I'd be without you. This week's Devil Tongue of the Week goes to an idiot who works for ESPN, oh who's actually moving to Fox, Fox Sports, to do more idiot talking. Sounds about he's, right. He said a lot of idi- idiot, idiotic stuff in the past. His name's Colin Cowherd. Today he Coward? called out. Coward? That's his name. Cowherd. Oh, but... my. that's so much. Anyway, today he said some really stupid shit about Dominican um, people because he was uh, talking about the failing popularity of baseball, and he kind of brought up the fact that Maybe it's a think it's too much of a thinking game, and he said that's not true because a third of the people who play baseball are Dominican. Oh um, my <laughs> god! So he says that, and then he goes to commercial break, and then it comes back from commercial break, and he kind of says, "Oh, let me backtrack and like explain what I meant." But I don't know. It's one of those things where you say it, dude. Come on, don't be dumb. What did you mean? Right. <laughs> what on earth did he really mean? He, like, went back and he said, like, well, because, like, kids in the Dominican Republic who come up through baseball usually aren't the most privileged, which is true, they're not, because the Dominican Republic is, like, a poor nation. That has nothing to do with them as a people. That's just kind of, like, the opportunities that they have. Yeah, that's a reflection on the socioeconomic status of a country, not people. Right. I know. It's like, dude, have you ever, like, been to anywhere in, in, uh, in, uh, you know, New York City? Just Dominican He's like, no, I everywhere. looked up Upper Side once and I was scared. Anyway, back right. to you. Like, literally. Dude, like, it's not the, like, like, man, it's so dumb what he said. And That's it's just sad. incredible that people can just get away with doing, saying stuff like that. And he's said stupid shit in the past before about um, Washington Wizards starting point guard John Wall. How his, he kind of, like, has taken shots about how Wall didn't grow up with a father, so he's not a good leader. Oh, blah, blah, my blah. guard. Yeah. And it's just all bad news when Coward starts talking. Although he does have a lot of fans, um, one of who is one of whom is um, Bill Simmons, who recently just got a new deal with HBO. So shouts Bill Simmons. Um, yeah, but Coward's a, Coward's a moron. He's clearly never met um, anyone who has told him to shut up. Right, and he needs a few no people around him. So was he fired from ESPN? Is that what the whole thing? No, is? he's not. No, he's just moving. Um, he did not get fired. Timing. It is convenient t- timing, and you know it's kind of appro- is appropriate that he's moving to Fox. Um, yeah, with, definitely. With comments like that and what Where he that said kind about of outrageousness is respected and right. required. Right, and uh, called upon. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he sounds awful. Devil tongue of the week for sure. Con Cowherd. <laughs> He is nasty. My good friend of the week is relatively related because it goes to Huffington Post for deciding to tag and place all coverage of Donald Trump's quote unquote presidential campaign under entertainment and not politics as a way to discredit any longevity or realism to his attempt at being president. It feels like this is just constantly like a media PR thing for him. Every time he runs for president, which is like every time. He always runs for president. 
He does, but what is he up to? This is very off-brand for Donald Trump to me. I know he's always been outspoken and always been crazy, but this is like a very different version of the Donald Trump thing. Doesn't he have like, uh, isn't he like, have like 24%? Isn't he like leading Republican candidates at this point in terms of like just polls? Um, I mean, it's July 2015. But so still, the fact that he's a like... A potato could yeah. be meeting. I don't know. There's no <laughs> context to convince the public of anything other than being in the news. Yeah, it's true. It's just... I mean, I'm sure he's going to save these numbers and bring them up once there's actual... Once we're closer once, to... Once he's... Right. Once he, like, pulls out and he's like, well, you know, I was leading, but I just decided that it wasn't in my interest to to continue running, so... Yeah, that's, that's my trend. I realized that um, not everyone in the U.S. is white and rich, so right. I decided to leave. <laughs> like, what does he want? He's just being really weird. I feel like there's like a tumor in the frontal lobe of his brain that's making him act crazy. Maybe, the things he's yeah. saying just don't make sense. Do you know? Do, uh, so, can we talk about a little bit what he, he's been saying? He's basically been firing shots at uh, immigrants and like people from South America, right? Yeah, in Mexico, immigrants. And then, and then this week he literally fired shots at John McCain and said he wasn't a war hero just because he's a POW. Which, frankly, fair. Oh, uh, what? Okay, first of all, Rod, you should read about what John McCain went through. Did you know that people that what in the, the camp, dude? Did you know that the Viet Cong had negotiated a deal to release John McCain, but he refused because he didn't want to get released due to his uh, like privileged background. What does that mean? Explain. So, so like, John McCain, his father's, like, some big wig in the U.S. government or whatever. The Viet Cong had negotiated with the U.S. government, okay, we'll release John McCain because he's, like, an important person or whatever. This mm-hmm. is something that happens commonly in Game of Thrones, by the way. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. There's Hand your Game of Thrones. Me Annie's <laughs> knife and let me gut myself. There's your Game of Thrones reference. There's your yeah, Game of Thrones. Anyway, so... They had negotiated it. John McCain was supposed to get sent home. Instead, um, he refused based on the fact that he didn't want to take take uh, privilege over the other POWs in the Viet Cong camp with him. And they did torture him, and that's why he's not able to have his move his arms above his head. Is that true? That is true. Wait, I'm emotional. What did they do to him? They fucking tortured him. But, like what? What did they do? I don't Was know. They fucked with his. I don't know. I didn't. I, I mean, it, they tortured him enough where he can't raise his arms above his head. Was so, it like kind of kinky? I don't know. You'll have to ask John McCain. <laughs> um, I will. Or the Viet Cong. If I was moderating the questions during the 2008 <laughs> presidential debates, my first would have been Miss, like presidential candidate McCain. When you were being tortured by the Viet Cong, was it a little bit kinky? So were you turned on at all? Can you just describe, you, please? And can you prove that you weren't? I'd get right. really aggressive. Can you use the <laughs> Can you use the word hot in describing how exactly you were tortured? <laughs> He's like, I wouldn't. I'd be like, just one thing they did. Right. So I don't know. I don't know if you can call it a okay, war hero, but still, That's he's uh, he he he's I also definitely really don't mind John McCain. I don't necessarily think he. I think he had to be way more conservative than he wanted in two thousand eight. I think he's like a far more. I mean that yeah. That's always how presidential centered. elections go. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, oh. I don't know if he was a war war criminal, but he definitely went through it in the in the war. He definitely Even wasn't a war hero. Yeah, war. Wait, did I say war criminal? We'll be splicing that. Uh, in the uh, yeah, this will I'm really gonna... take the heat off my sniper comments. <laughs> Good friends. <laughs> 
<laughs> happy to throw you under the bus. It's nothing to me. Good friends has calls John McCain war criminal. I can see that one. <laughs> on Gawker. Right, on Gawker. From a, t- a, a tip coming from an anonymous source. The anonymous source <laughs> is hyperlinked to my Facebook. <laughs> yeah, you bet I did it, Jack. So, yeah, so I don't know if he's a war hero, but uh, he definitely went through it in the war. So I don't know. Uh, no, that's fair. Yeah. I definitely am he wasn't flirting like... with the idea of sometimes saying that just because you were tortured. Being tortured in war seems a little bit like that's what you're signing up for. I don't know. But I will say that the fact that he denied his right. own release is the, really incredible. The Right. The calling someone a war hero is very kind of tough because, like, it is war. It is war. What is the context was, like, for Vietnam, heroism during war? Which is war. like, yeah, come on. You know? You know what I mean? It was like Vietnam, yeah. so it's like not like... It's not like there were American lives in danger. In Viet- right. Except for the ones that were over there fucking trying to stop communism, which is like, come on, what's the deal? Right. No, I agree with that. Vietnam seems like a really tough one to put any sort of... Well, that's true, but you did a Vietnam deep dive, didn't you? I did. I literally was having myself a Vietnam feast this past March. I don't know what happened. I just kept watching documentaries on it. was obsessed. That war is fucked up. It's yeah, so... so crazy right world it's war two so crazy world war two i say okay maybe there are war heroes but you're right maybe vietnam that's a tough one yeah that's a tough one i just don't really know what if being a hero means acting in um acting with a set of with a type of moral certainty towards your mission i don't know if anybody in vietnam had a sense of what the mission was enough to know what the right or wrong thing to do even is like i don't know that war just seems so crazy I think the coolest thing he did is probably just saying no to a release on something that to him felt like personal morals. Like, that makes him a pretty great right. human, I guess. I don't right. know if I'd call him a war hero, but You're right. I also, I don't know. It's weird, but right. it is what it is. And Vietnam right. is so tight. I would read anything on Vietnam if it wasn't too long. Right. Well, you should read, uh, I had a, I read a Viet Cong diary um, during the events of Vietnam, and it was interesting to read it from um, the perspective of the belligerence against the United States. Mm. Was every was every entry like, dear diary? Literally, what's going on? It was like, dear, <laughs> dear diary. diary day number five in the hole. Oh my fucking! Because they were just like hiding in the woods. I just cannot like. Were they, they were just going crazy. Yeah, the soldiers were. were just like, um. This is my impression of a Vietnam soldier. Um. <laughs> you guys. It was that's, a little that more. Would be me. It was a little more clear on the Vietnamese side because they were, like, fighting for something, whereas the Americans were very much like, um... Yeah, no, the Vietnamese were definitely... They had a goal in mind. The goal is definitely very, like, um, can you literally leave us alone? But if I was a soldier, this is what I would be doing. Um... (laughs) You know the face I'm making, too. It's the side eyes. Like, um... Matt, can you imagine me in the Vietnam War? Can we just have a quick moment? I don't know if you'd last that long. Or you'd spend a lot of time in the locker room. <laughs> I'd spend a lot of time in the locker room, and I'd also use every one of the soldiers' dead bodies as a shield. I wouldn't give a fuck. <laughs> I wouldn't care. I would literally be like, hey, Samuels, come over here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> now lay well, on top of me. What would you do to the snipers? Um, oh my god, you know I would use my Annie Bezzarides knife or whatever and cut them all. No, I wouldn't. (laughs) Honestly, the disaster that awaited everyone in Vietnam was so grim that I need not participate in any sort of vengeance. Right. Either you died there, or you came back to America and wanted to die. It's so sad. I can't. Chats Vietnam War vets. 
Yeah, shout out to Vietnam War, war vets for sure. So, especially the, the dude from that Fourth of July movie. What? Born on the Fourth of July. Oh, I didn't see it. That guy who became like a public pacifist and like an activist against all war. No, I didn't see it. Um, Jack. I'll add it to the list. You better. Well, anyway, in long story short, we're giving Huffbo the good friend of the week. Good friend of the week, and also side good friend of the week to Amy Winehouse, whose four-year anniversary of her death is today. Oh, yeah, that documentary came out. Is it good? I saw it? it. I saw it the other day. Entertaining? Yes, no? Yeah, it's a thrill. Great holiday fun. <laughs> great turn <laughs> your brain on. Is it good or not? It's great. It's so sad. Yeah. It's really sad, but incredibly well made. If anyone has any passing interest in Amy Winehouse or just stuff like that <laughs> stories like that of which there are many peep it it's really good what was it like the media killed her um it's like less about just her death but it's definitely a pretty clear picture of like of who yeah it's a lot of people that killed her i mean her dad is a really big part of problem her like booker like the person who like handled all of her like concert tours tour manager He's a big part of it. I mean, everyone's a problem. She's a right. jazz singer that wanted to, like, sing for 30 people in a room and became, like, a pop star. It's, like, mm. really crazy. And she was, like, an addict. I mean, like, right. you know, she has her own problems. She's, like, suffering from bulimia. It's, like, a lot of... It's really, really, really good. We'll have to check it out. Yeah, definitely check it out. I saw another movie starring an Amy, Trainwreck, Amy Schumer. Is that good? Mm, not as good. Oh, I'd well. say go see Damn. <laughs> that sucks. No, but we're seeing, maybe. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll probably see it anyway. Not in theaters. Probably after... I don't see many. Your boy theaters. LeBron is in it. I know. I heard he's good. Is he good? Yeah, he's really funny in good. it. Good, good LeBron. Yeah, but uh, yeah. not good enough to win the 2015 NBA championship. So zing, burned you there, That's LeBron. That's what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all through. Uh, next week we're going to be reviewing the MTV documentary White People. So if you guys want to go ahead and take a peep at that, yeah. And here's a teaser clip from White People. <laughs> <laughs> That was a clip from MTV's White People. Um, uh, that's so. great. Anyway, hit us at Gmail, um, goodfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on subscribe Tumblr. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And watch White People. We should all have a major conversation about it. Watch White really. People. I'm really excited to see it. I think it's and then really watch good. White Chicks just to really extend the conversation a and little further. And then watch further. White Chicks. Give us your thoughts on Whiteface. I feel like, can you imagine white chicks coming out today? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the hell would happen. I don't know what would happen. I, what would the think pieces be? I don't know. You know, know. there would be a lot of, um, a lot of right. me in Vietnam. Right. And then I would go about my day not reading those think pieces. <laughs> I just keep sending them to you. Right. Along with a video of me going, um, oh, I can't <laughs> stop doing it. Help. Okay. I'm pissed off. Anyway, we're going to have to sign off here. Um, it's about that time. It's about that time for Janet to finally do her job. F- Janet, earn your keep. We- earn your keep. Okay, if you're going to... Okay, Janet. J- Janet, sorry, she got out of her cage again. If you're <laughs> going to crawl out on your hands and knees, it better be to work. Right. Sorry about that, you guys. So, get to work, Janet. Get to and work. Rod, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. T-T-Y-N-W. T-T-Y-N-W. Janet, <laughs> G... T.W. Get to... <laughs> Get to work. Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you.